contrast to my findings. Although I would rather keep my personal opinions to myself before a few more episodes in, as this goes on and the fact that I do not have much to say this time around, one would have to be alright with the short episode, or one filled with more pizzazz. You'll have to be alright with this. To start off, a correction to the previous name in the last episode. The mirror's sheath is in fact pronounced the mirror's heath. To officially begin though, I do have the pleasure to say that the post that we had such trouble to decipher has been. It was a key cipher, then one that was roughly based off of railway. It was truly aggravating to finally figure out that the answer was practically right underneath our noses, but satisfying nonetheless when we got our answer. As a reminder, the post was this. What does Warham Salem wish to achieve? The ultimate goal of Warham is to learn about the mirror's universes and the deities that reside within them. It was the first part of the post, then now the deciphered text read as followed. Quote, and pass the veils of said universes to get to the middle plane where the laws of this universe and next do not apply. End quote. To which is again all very culty. It brings up a few connections to other things I've read and or listened to. But I won't bother about getting into those specifics at this very moment. Going away from that, the main blog has slowed down. It was very rapid in the first week around, but these last three weeks have gone to show that they have slowed down immensely, only really communicating through all of our ask boxes. Korth seems to be the most active, as Anna is lacking in that department. One could assume that she is busy doing something else and or running Korth's errands, but nonetheless, they are both still here. To finally get to what has happened, as you all know, on July 4th, there was a Q&A posted and the questions flew in. I will cover here the answers that I didn't get to cover on the previous recording. We learn about another creature, similar yet different and seemingly the opposite force of the Vorim Selim agenda, Jackal. He's a quote, God-like being originating from the Mirrorverse. It is extremely deadly and dangerous. Only one other known entity in the Mirrorverse ranks higher than it is on the scale, end quote. As stated by Korth, when asked about the scale in that post, we were denied answers. Though it seems to immediately contradict himself in the next ask, that inquires about the scales again, we got what we wanted in the first place. Quote, it is simple, really. All known entities originating from other realities are marked down on a scale according to power and danger level. At the bottom, there is simple, mindless beings, which are mostly harmless, while at the top of the scale, there are more godlike entities. End quote. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Cult. Of course, we decided to push further into this topic and ask more about the entities on the list and more of what Jackal was. They appear to dislike him, favoring more into another entity that goes by the name of Static. With more pushing, we learned that they are, quote, one of the first entities to ever exist. Our historians believe it came to life around the same time mankind did. It was less of a sentient being and more of a hive mind of sorts. It is a collection of pure static energy with almost unimaginable powers. 
It originates from the mirror realm, but its influence is able to seep into this world as well. This entity isn't inherently malicious, as it lacks a true sentience, though it is extremely powerful and deadly. It feeds off life force, normally to an unnoticeable agree to the common day folk, though it has the ability to fully consume someone causing them to become part of the hive mind, end quote. Which brings concerns to mind as in what we are getting ourselves into. Rorum Selimbo is stated to not be entirely affiliated with the static, but focuses more on leaning towards these entities at hand. Although, they do admit that some of their own do worship the static. At least, they're honest about it. The conversations and asks soon start heading into the ascension part of this whole thing, with the unknown Anon asking if it gave us powers or just the ability to see more than the average person. Korth comes to state that it's akin to godhood, but doesn't make you a god. They also don't give us that much info on it at all. In fact, taking a jab at us with a ciphered message saying, quote, Did you think he would learn the secrets of ascension this easily? No. You will learn in due time. End quote. It is aggravating to say the least, but all in due time, I suppose. It was only a day after the blog was made, after all. But... We do get to know that ascension itself is very dangerous and life-threatening, and that many have died in the process. Anna and Korth are currently the closest people alive to reach this point. If this doesn't make it a daunting task, then I don't believe I know what isn't. It may be a goal to try to strive for in the future, though. It is here where we stopped hearing and learning about ascension and the entities and more into the other possible players in the game, such as the mysterious card suits. There seems to be a blog affiliated to each one, and they all seem to be connected with the entity Jackal. Playing card pickup, games and spades, hearts, dash, and dash, fires, and stack of clubs, respectively. The Royal Selim crew has only talked with their leader, who is hypothesized to be Diamond. Korth states that they will be someone to fear in the future. I do have to admit, I haven't kept as close of an eye as I should towards the blog, but when they start getting more interactive with us all, I shall cast my gaze upon them as well. The last thing they have answered and have officially updated on this blog is a question pertaining to keep away, quote, the clown, end quote, to which one could assume that is the jackal entity once again. There is, in fact, none. This concludes the Roram Salem blog portion of the show. Now for personal thoughts and ideals. So the blog itself has been silenced since the initial Q&A extravaganza. But it hasn't stopped the two running the blog to reach out to others to their own personal blogs. Korth, for example, seems to have taken a liking towards Jasper, the runner of the Vinegar Smoke blog. But it is all but noticeable disdain over Gale, the Mirror's Heath. While Anna has seemed to have taken a small interest into me, 
Though, unlike Anna's small appearances here and there, Korath is more bold on his presence. It has gotten to a point where they are openly flirting on Jasper's blog and veneer, which isn't as bad for the casual viewer who doesn't take the time out of their lives to decipher it, but one who has decided to do a task of archiving, it gets too personal for my liking. If they have just kept it in DMs, that would have been lovely. Though, to step away from the topic, there has been a few new people to join us. Ansel, who runs the blog, aptly named Cupid's Little Servant, is a Frenchman who's 27 years old and is the second least active blog of all the people so far involved. Then, Never-Fear-The-Reaper is the next newcomer. Not as active as the rest, but goes at a stable enough pace. Charlie, the girl who runs the blog, seems to be in love with Autumn, Halloween, and dead things. She is 21. Lastly, the blog, Raging Screams IG. They seem to have a queue running, and have an almost drunk-like typing style where they completely turn off spellcheck and let the jangled mess of what they typed be sent for the world to see. It is almost so mangled and trashed together that one could barely read it without thinking they had a stroke first. They have also had a struggle of choosing an aim and keeping with it, sometimes changing it every hour or so, or once every few days. So far, they have gone by James, Susan, Clara, Haroff, Stick, and is currently Giroff. With this instance of changing names, I have kept them in my tags, archiving their posts as whole anon, as they use the whole emoji when making their posts. More on participant studies will be included in the next episode, as I believe by the time that I have enough material to document upon, I would have ample enough time to discuss how I feel about each person and how they present themselves into the world. And yes, I suppose, like I have said earlier, it is not a good archive if one sprinkles in their own personal opinions. This is still a podcast after all. It would be dreadfully boring if it was all fact and no real emotions. Let a gal have some fun here, yes? <laughs> Furthermore, if my plans on having the others interact with this as well goes through, it'll be more enjoyable for the audience as well, let alone allowing some padding to the runtime. Who knows, maybe you'll learn some life skills. If one decides that they want to have a small segment about it, maybe a short cooking lesson. Perhaps a new song suggestion done by the younger of the crew. After all, I know how much Emiko likes to post random YouTube links onto their blog. Perhaps. Just maybe. As a break in this, I'll play a song that's been posted by a participant. Though, I suppose I'll have to look into the copyrights into that. Who knows about all the possibility this one little show can have. If you, perhaps, have any suggestion on what I should add or want to be a part about this, please message me on my blog, a written message, or through email at thearchivistawm at gmail.com. 
With that, this concludes today's episode. I do apologize that this is later than what one would have wanted, and what I have personally wanted. There have been some minor setbacks that have caused it to go this way, but I do hope that you enjoy and consider joining us in this journey. This has been your host, The Archivist. <laughs>